Well, hey, we're, we're back. back. Episode. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is episode like six or so. It's been a little tricky because I've I switched from our previous platform and now I'm on Captivate, and so far I really like it. I like it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Because I can have multiple projects going at one time, which I couldn't with who we were with before. Yeah, what if you yeah. wanted to start another one? Or do another and I want one? to, yeah. There's this passion project I've been holding on to for years that I'm finally, actually, we'll see. I've been trying to get it to happen. Uh, it's really hard to interview people about sad things, I have found. Um, people, uh, don't yeah. wanna, people don't want to talk about it. So yep. <laughs> trying to, <laughs> funny, funny, funny that, it, how funny that is. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to navigate how to do that respectfully and on other people's terms, but it is definitely yeah. trickier to talk about uh, traumatic things that have happened to you or around you rather than t- us talking about pop culture. It's a little easier. Right. Anyway, well, that being said. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> what have um, you been consuming? Oh my God. So first of all, I went to go see Nope. Have you watched Nope? I have seen it. Uh, I, okay, what? I loved it. I oh, loved I did it. too. I, I did loved too. it. I loved it to I death. Too. I thought it was incredible. Uh, yeah. Uh, I thought you were like, I I'm like, I it. hated it. No, I um, loved it. Um, I, I, and I love every movie that he makes. I mean, yeah, same. I mean, if you're any, any bit of a self-aware person, you're going to love Jordan Peele. Uh, and I know that he loves like Daniel Kaluuya. He's used him a couple of times now in yeah. movies. And I know that he's like, when I see him on the screen in his movies, he does have this like really um, strong presence. But mm-hmm. I was really, not that I wasn't going to be, duh, but like I was sure. really impressed with how fun and how intense Kiki Palmer was. In this oh movie. my God. I mean, I've, I've loved Kiki. I mean, Kiki Palmer's been around for a very long time. She's been doing things since like Nickelodeon oh, times. And she's I like, was like, come on, True Jackson. <laughs> seriously, like she has established herself way before I think people even realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her in this role, I'm just like, can we have more Jordan Peele, Kiki Palmer projects? Because I love oh, yeah. seeing what they did together. She was phenomenal. She like lit up every scene. I just was enthralled with yeah, her. She, she was, was hilarious. Amazing. She was genuine. She she was so good. Um the the movie itself, I mean, I, I guess we're not gonna give spoilers right now. I don't know. Are we? Well, by the time this goes up, do you think we should? I mean, how are we going to talk about pop culture if we don't spoil it? Okay, let's spoil the shit out so, of it. So, guess what? If you haven't seen Nope, go watch uh, it. Go forward and we'll talk forward, about, like, you know. we'll be talking about Beyonce later. So just go yeah. to the Beyonce <laughs> section. Um, so, okay. So it felt very, it did feel like Jordan Peele's uh, movie that was inspired somewhat like having a Spielberg vibe and like, a, you know, it felt like a little Close Encounters. It kind of felt like Signs. It had some M.S. Shyamalan going. I was yeah. waiting for some kind of twist and there, there kind of was, but it didn't need to be this like elaborate twist. I mean, it, I, there's- I just uh, was really struck by like, yeah, I, it's interesting that you say Steven Spielberg because there is this element of it that's like in a strange way that's like almost kind of like hopeful. Yeah. I don't know, that sounds weird. Hopeful considering and like- what the movie's about, but like- Yeah, and like centered around family and yes. history and-, so, and- yeah, if I really think about it, then I feel like the movie, the strength of the movie is the brother-sister relationship mm-hmm. and how they're not really that close, mm-hmm. especially because of things that happened in the past. Like she was supposed to get to train her, like her first horse and then he kind of took that from her. And, you yeah. know, and, and it's interesting that they named this thing in the sky, the mm-hmm. same name that they were going to name her horse right because it's almost like him letting her finally do this and finish the job and whatever Mm -hmm. and it's about them kind of growing closer through this crazy experience but I feel like I mean clearly the movie is about like stop looking at the spectacle yeah well like if you're enthralled by it Mm -hmm. and so I heard Jordan Peele in an interview talk about like just look whenever there's an accident on the highway, right. everybody slows down. We got to see what's happening. We got to right. see what's going on, as opposed to just like living your life. And you're, you're and, traumatizing yourself by yeah. staring at it. And I feel like that's, uh, that ties directly into like the world we live in today, where there's like, like, we can't look away from social media. Mm-hmm. We can't look away from like crazy, like stupid reality TV that we want to watch. Oh, like, I, I thought I'd be smart and download the New York Times and like pay for it to have on my iPad. Mm-hmm. That was like the biggest mistake. It is 
it does not make me feel smart to read. It's depressing. Yeah. It's just like horrific images. And it's like statistics. I mean, it's all stuff that's true that we should be, that we should know and be aware of, but it's literally the same just headline look at the, just like, retold every single day. And I'm like, I can't just the crazy circus that hap- the crazy circus that haps- happens when there's like an election or, yeah. or yeah. like these January 6th hearings. It's, it's, it's a crazy balance to like want to stay informed and know what's going on. Right. But also like, I can't look at this right now if for, for my yeah. mental well-being, for my mm-hmm. health, for my whatever. And I really feel like that's kind of what he's saying well, with this movie. It's like, like a self-preservation to like decide yeah. to look away. It's right. And in this movie, it's literally like the way you save yourself is to mm-hmm. not look at this thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and so. and not pretending like it's not there, but right. like to not be staring directly at it all the time. Don't, don't, don't have it be the focus of Yeah, your, but you yeah. know it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, also, I thought sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just thought it was a really interesting storyline that they were this lineage of Black families going back to the very first filmed uh, anything ever. It was like this Black oh, man yeah. riding a horse, and that was her great-great-grandfather. It's great, because they teach us that in art school about Edward totally. Woodbridge, and like taking the photos and putting them in a sequence. And Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's like this lineage of them being this family who have provided horses in Hollywood films for so many generations, and this pressure to maintain that past and to keep that going, but then Kiki Palmer is wanting to kind of like go off and make her own path. And I don't know why, but that moment just really struck me when when he was like, you're out there doing your side gigs. And she was like, this is my side gig. Yeah. That is what I'm doing. And just that, how, how that happens in families. And I, I can't speak from being like a family with a strong kind of culture, but uh, I can imagine if you do, it's like a decision of, do you preserve, do you preserve, do you preserve, or do you or do you go out on your own path? And like well, but also, the conflict between the two of them, they're yeah. both having different uh, experiences. That's why I think it was so good and so layered because it, in, a, in a way she was also saying, you know, when she's saying, this is my side gig, what is really being said is, you know, this may have been my main thing if I had been included. Totally. If I had been treated just like you, if I had had the chance to like, you know, train horses and whatever. But no, you kind of took that from me. So I had to go find my own thing. Yeah. yeah. And guess what? That's me now. Like, yeah. I, I, this is not my identity anymore. And I loved that she was, I mean, maybe this is not not um, a good reading of it, but I kind of love that she, for, for me anyway, that she was kind of butch in the movie. Yeah, I like that too. That was awesome. I like that a lot. What did you think of Brandon Perea, the guy who plays Angel? The guy who plays Angel. Oh God, I loved him. The guy that worked at like the fries. <laughs> yeah. He was great. He, he was, brought I, he brought this like pathetic sadness to the role in a totally, way. Totally. So totally. the reason I bring him up is because I love him. But mm-hmm. because um he he's like he was a professional roller roller skating break dancer. Okay. From a very young age. And there's all these videos of him doing like acrobatics and stuff on his Instagram. And he posted this whole video where he was like, hey, um, hopefully this is enough for Marvel to like want to hire me because I really want to be in a Marvel movie. Like It's my dream. And he's like, can I please play Nova in a Marvel movie? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be so cool. So that would be so cool. I love that he's so into it. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, his character was so fun. The 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 like s- subplot of the um, man who, I can't think of his name, but he played, uh, what's film the- director? No, the guy in The Walking Dead. Um, he oh was, yeah he's like the the texas he was glenn kinda, in the walking dead yeah yeah um, he, i don't remember his when, name in this when he, he was, died in the walking dead is literally when i stopped watching that show i was mm-hmm. like i cannot anymore this yeah. is too much but um his whole storyline of being this little boy in a sitcom with a pet monkey that went crazy and killed the yeah. whole cast, cast almost those scenes were a lot for me that was that was the only times i was like okay this is going into like this is going to give me nightmares. Um, and it wasn't thing, even about the alien. It was about yeah. just like an animal. There's one thing I don't understand about that scene. And I like have to find out about it somehow. Mm-hmm. But it's when he's under the table mm-hmm. and he's like looking out and seeing the monkey do this mm-hmm. or the chimpanzee, whatever, do this stuff. And there's a shoe. I know. The with shoe. With blood on it. But yeah. it's standing straight up. Right. Like unexplicably. Right. And so there's a I, lot of blood on it. And we don't I, know why. I was waiting for but it to be. He has that shoe in his like. Yeah, totally. Display thing. I yeah. I kept waiting for that to be tied in somehow of like, 
the aliens were actually above him at the time and right, they was right, pulling right. this magnetic yeah. field up but no um <clears throat> and i i actually have been like i've looked up some tiktoks i've like done some youtube youtubing of what other people thought about the shoe and what i heard that i thought was an interesting take is just that it happened to be standing up on its own by accident it was just kind of a freak accident miracle that and it like, just had to be balancing and it was just enough of a weird thing that it got him, him looking to, yeah it kept him yeah. to focus on that and back to the idea of like what you focus on is what saves you yeah, or so hurts you. got him to look and then he, he couldn't just look away. disassociated enough yeah. by looking at the shoe standing up and then now if that's all it means like, then great you know great great and that wasn't very obvious in the movie though so i will say this the first not the first time i saw it the, the only time i saw it i didn't quite get that what his character was doing was buying horses from oj to feed to this creature yeah like why would he be doing that to me that felt like a plot hole but to me that it's probably just something i didn't understand because that's usually the case but i didn't understand how he already had this whole stadium this whole show set up this whole spectacle where he feeds this monster in the sky horses and how is this not something that we that the whole world knew about like this and is their first all, and time they're all looking up at it and they never get eaten except for that one time except for that one time so it, that's was, what was i didn't understand the, but was this the first time he did that show was he finally like okay everyone come why why isn't it full of people if you're gonna see like a ufo in the sky eat right. a horse like you'd think that'd be like worldwide news but maybe it was the first time he was trying it out and no one believed him yet i don't know but i was curious about that too because it was it was very well, so i feel way. like he had i feel like he had done it several times because when oj comes to him to ask him if he can buy the horses back he like changes the subject real quick right so obviously he's fed some of those horses to this thing already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was, I didn't get I, that either. It was crazy. But I, did you know that that whole theme park that they built is like a set at Universal now? I saw a TikTok of people there. Yeah. 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 I want to go. <laughs> I want to go too. I, I mean, the, the movie itself, I think, will be a movie that people talk about for a very long time. Yeah. You know, I love Get Out immensely it, i thought it was so good and mm -hmm. well like well executed i'm not even the person to talk about how good that movie is but <clears throat> us i could kind of take or leave i thought there were some like really interesting fascinating parts to it but it did i just didn't like pull a lot out of me i didn't like i didn't have a lot of takeaways from it uh i, I bet if i watched it a few more times or had some things explained to me maybe i would understand more but it just didn't it didn't give me that uh reaction as i did to get out and then nope is probably my favorite one now. I, oh, really? I, I, I want to go back and see it over and over. I want to bring people. I want to see people's reactions when they first see it. I loved it. I really did like um, Us for some reason. Yeah, I don't like, I know, I guess I felt more like, wow, and impressed when I saw Get Out because it was his first movie and it was so good. Yeah. But I think I just really liked Lupita Nyong'o. <laughs> yeah, totally. And um, I think there's some cool setup and payoff mm -hmm. in in that movie yeah um just like in just like in nope like where where like there's the wishing well and mm -hmm. you know that comes back into play but yeah, anyway. yeah. god yeah. it was such a clean well-made movie like just seamless yeah. everything about it was seamless and then and it gave you just enough to get creeped out to see something in the distance for a brief second to see the ufo to like and then knowing that it's in a cloud that just stays there it, it was so oh, i was good. genuinely freaked out when he's in the barn oh and Oh, and you and see the, the little aliens? Yes. Popping their heads yes, out? Yes. Oh, we were dying in the theater. We were dying. Yeah, I was like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I, I thought, honestly, the, the part that scared me the most was when the audience got sucked up into it and you see them in there in like the mm -hmm. digestion track of the UFO. And it was so claustrophobic and just knowing they're actually being eaten, <laughs> that, that was really traumatizing, but yeah. really well done. It's crazy. Then, I think the first shot of the movie is this yeah, like interior of this camera, but uh -huh. like that's what they use for the inside of this creature. Yeah, yeah. And and then there's people who are comparing like when the actual creature uh, reveals its whole self and it's so massive, it looks kind of like a jellyfish in the sky. But that actually is very indicative to how people describe seeing angels. They're like, they're always supposed to be not these like beautiful lady with wings but they're these like terrifying creatures in the sky that you yeah. cannot even comprehend and they actually people say that that's what they look like more so yeah 
So go see Nope. It's good. Go see Nope. It's so now good. That now that we've ruined it for you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just forget about all of that. You know what? I'm just going to say this. It, it's like it's like when someone clicks on a YouTube clip that says like the secret to blah 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 and then they right. click on it it's like did you not read so if we just say what's in this episode we're going to talk about these things yeah don't click on this if you don't want to listen to it and I'll put a little like spoilers ahead yeah cool right. well what else are you up to what else oh my doing? gosh well um Rutherford Falls came out with the second season yay I ate it up in a second um, See, I've only, I think I told you I've only seen the first couple of season two, okay. but I loved, I loved the first season. Yeah, the first season was so good. So I will say, uh, Janish meeting is, uh, I went to college with her. I like was buddies through college. We like lived in New York at the same time. She's been the hardest working motherfucker I've ever seen. Um, she's worked so hard on her craft and her comedy and just put herself out there constantly and I always was like, this girl needs to make something. And to see that she did is just absolutely satisfying. I, exciting. I, I fangirl over her so hard because I've just known everything she's gone through. And, and, and it's just the perfect project for her. And, um, and her humor just shines through it so much. So it's Jenna Schmieding and Ed Helms, and they're in this small town. And, you know, the first season's kind of debating about the statue in the middle of the town and should they take it down or not. And uh, I thought it was going to be more of a show about uh, Jana, who's native, uh, being at odds with this white guy who's connected to the, the pioneers of the town. I thought that was going to be like a fight between the two of them, but it actually is kind of sweet that they're friends and they've they're, been yeah, friends they're like with their friends. kids, their buddies. Um, what I take away from that show is... I, I get so much context of the day-to-day -day native lives that they have. Um, like the, the, the like inside jokes that you see that I'm like, I don't fully get that joke, but I totally could see that that is a native joke and I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I just thought it was a great show. I really loved every episode. And then the second season just picked right up where it left off. And um, Jana directed one of the episodes. That's Jana's awesome. the head writer too. Um, and it gives this, you know, native perspective that is just not out there anymore. And it has like an all native uh, crew. I mean, there's like native directors, native writers, native uh, costume, okay. like every part of it is through a native voice. Uh, and Jana is the first native person to be the lead in a sitcom ever, which is awesome. And also, what the fuck? Like, how has yeah. that literally never happened? Um, so it's breaking in, a lot of boundaries in America. <laughs> in America, right. um, yeah, it's it's just Crazy. it's opening a lot of doors. I I just I, I I'm sure that there's a lot of native people in the country who are just fucking stoked to see a show yeah. that actually represents them well. You know, speaking of, she had a role in another show called Reservoir Dogs that I loved. I still haven't watched that. It's on my list of shows it's to watch. A really great, great show. Okay. And it's coming back for a second season. And I cool. think, I'm not sure. I think she's in the trailer for the second season too. Oh, cool, cool. Um, but it's, yeah, it's about a group of native kids and like okay. some of them kind of wanting to get, like, I think I'd have to rewatch it because it was a while ago now, but they're like trying to make money so they can like get out of their little town. Okay. And then over the course, some of them are like, do I want to leave? Do I not want to leave? You know, it's, it's very interesting. It's a really good cool. show. And cool. yeah, like the whole cast is native. And yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's, I mean, the show is just hilarious. I die throughout yeah. all of it. It is so funny. Um, Michael Gray Eyes, who I know from like playing kind of the like typical native person throughout so much of the like 90s. And um, it's just fun to see him interact with Jana in this playful way. And and it has that same guy from, God, I should know his name, uh, from Schitt's Creek. And I think one thing that is something that I just really adore about Jana and the show is that Jana is, she's a, she's a girl of size. Like she's not a petite girl and the show doesn't even mention that. It's not even a storyline. It's nothing about her size. And we yeah. need more of that. I mean, so much of like, um, what was the show with A.D. Bryant, which was great, Shrill. Uh, Shrill. You know, it was like, I'm a big girl, but I can do these things. And like, we need that narrative too. But like, can we just have some shows with people of different sizes that's just not even about them being different sizes? And yeah. that's what Rutherford Falls does so, so well. Uh, so yeah, representation matters. I love it. Uh, yeah. Whew, what else? What else we got? Well, Beyonce came out with a new album. 
Okay, so all the fans are going to hate me. I don't have anything against Beyonce, but I just haven't listened to the album yet. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, it just came out. Um, the only thing I know is the only song I think I've heard is the You Can't Break My Soul. Yeah. You can't which break I my heard. Soul. Well, I heard. So this is what's crazy is I heard that song like on the radio or whatever and didn't know it was her because it has a very distinct vibe of like another era to me. Yeah. So I thought it was like an older song. Yeah. Cool. Well, because, you know, she samples a lot of 90s and 80s jams on the album. On this album? Especially nice. the Break My Soul. It, like, it sounds a lot like that. Uh, uh, like, you got to show me love. Like, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 90, 90s club bangers. Um, if you want me. Exactly. It's that song. You got to show me love. Yeah. And she has some, like, Donna, like a Donna Summers inspired song. And I don't think she's, like, even denying that it's, like, pretty much... Uh, pulling from exact songs through a lot of the album. There's a lot of sampling, but with a Beyonce twist. Um, it's a, uh, it is an album for the she's gays and days. It is- Well, it didn't is she like, like dedicate a part of it, like some of it to the gays? And oh, well, you know, and... you know what, what made her want to create it is that she lost her uncle to AIDS mm. uh, when she was young and uh, she was really close with him and he was this fabulous gay man. And <clears throat> she saw that, how that affected her family and so this album was a tribute to him. I think that's great just because st still today, so many famous like pop stars, I think are afraid to like kind of come out in one way or another towards a political stance or towards yeah. being supportive of queer people. And so for someone with a career like hers to be like, yeah. this is who I made this for. Totally. It shows a lot of support. You yeah, know? totally. It's that's needed. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And that comes through a lot. I mean. From, oh my gosh, my dog is freaking out right now. He wants to play. <laughs> oh, mine does too. It is not the time. <laughs> <laughs> We're neglecting our dogs. <laughs> you can tell. Um, Tucker. Oh, he's oh. such a kook. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is going to be uh, the jams that we hear for the next year, for yeah. sure. It's, it needs to be in a club. Um, it needs to be loud. It's great for car rides. It's it has, yeah, disco, 90s, Beyonce, dance album. Every single you, song is a banger. Nice. Have you heard Lizzo's new album? You know, just today I was starting to listen to the whole album. I, I like really, it. I, I liked what I heard, um, like, when I was trying to listen to it with, like, kids screaming in the background. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love, so, I, I mean, this is going to be neither here nor there, but... Um, I'm obsessed with that guy now on TikTok that I sent you a clip of, who's like, he's like, pretends to be a teacher. Oh my God. Or like, and he, or working in a school. And I just saw one that he does where he's like, pretends to be the school nurse. And he's like, Olivia, why, what are you doing here? Class just started. No, absolutely not. Go get an ice pack, go get one and then go back to class. <laughs> so good. You sent me that video and I turned right around and I sent it to the entire staff. And everyone was like, oh my God, I've become what I always hated. <laughs> he just he just did one where he's okay. like, leave it. He's got a squeaky toy. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he just did one where he's like, I everybody listen up. He's like, every he's like the highest grade on all these tests was a 59. That means all of you failed the test. <laughs> you all have to take this home and get your parents to sign it and bring it back. Absolutely not. This is unacceptable. <laughs> so good he's on the school bus and he's like i am embarrassed i am embarrassed for you you will all say i'm sorry to the best driver <laughs> so, good. so you sent that to me the day i took a bunch of kids to enchanted forest yeah i was like that was me today i just knew that you would appreciate it i had no oh, idea you'd it. gone somewhere with all those kids oh i loved it um should we talk about stranger things sure let's talk okay. about stranger again things. spoilers ahead yeah um I have so I have like so many thoughts about it. Um, first of all, can we talk? Let's just talk about Will since this is a gay podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's get to the gay shit first. I did this whole tweet rant where someone was because someone was like, I saw someone tweeting like Will didn't really come out, and someone else was like, he totally came out. And the thing that I find interesting is that like this is the 80s. Yeah. Okay, like leave this kid alone. Like, I didn't even come out until like I was 30. <laughs> like, we remember the 80s. Yeah, Everybody and so, like, out. this kid, uh, I don't know, just, like, I feel very protective of this character, 
I love him. I want him to like, I do too. you know, towards the end of the season, I mean, at the very end of the season, he says he can still sense like Vecna or whatever, right? And so I want him to like have, I want him to be able to use that as like an ability, you know, yeah, like that's gotta be, power. that's gotta be useful somehow in the next season. I Otherwise, would sure hope so. He's just been tortured for years. Be, right. And so I want him to like be able to kind of like take back some power there. Like, is he the, is he the wizard of the D&D group or not? He, and he, they set that up so much for him to be so, the wizard of yeah, the group. Yeah. So like, let him do some friggin' magic, you yeah, know? Right. Um, the other thing I find funny is that like, cause I went back and I rewatched the first episode and then I watched a whole bunch of like, you know, YouTube videos. And something that I find interesting is that when he shows Mike the painting that he did, yeah, he's like, uh, Elle commissioned me to do it, right? Yeah. But at the beginning of the season, Elle is writing a letter to Mike and she's like, Will's been painting a lot, but he won't show anyone what he's painting. So oh. that, that either means that he's embarrassed Mm-hmm. And he lied to Mike, which is probably true. Or L did ask him to paint this, and then like he, you know, he but he but he won't let her see it yet. Right. Um, there's something that was left unresolved this season, and have we talked about this yet? I don't think so. Okay, I firmly believe the next season is going to involve heavily involve or be oh. about time travel. Yes, you did say this, right? And that's just because. Like when they go into the upside down and they're in Nancy's house because they go to get like guns or whatever, mm-hmm. um, they they realize that like her house in the upside down is stuck three years in the past, mm-hmm. and then they don't really go into anything else there. Right. But it seems like it's just Nancy's house because when they go into the upside down, Eddie's guitar is there, and that's something that's happening like modern day, right? Right. Or modern day, like present day. Mm-hmm. So my question is, if they are in the Upside Down in Nancy's house and they open a gateway and go into the real world from there, will it be three years in the past? From the Upside Down to... To the real world. The real world. And and they open a gate in Nancy's house. Yeah, because they always do it the other way around. Right. So will it be three years in the past? Sure. And if so... Can they just go save Barb? Can we get Barb back? <laughs> That's all the gays care about. That's all we care about. <laughs> Poor Barb. <clears throat> but I mean, Elle starts this season with that letter saying like, uh, time speeds up or slows down depending on how you were feeling. And Joyce says, we're all time travelers if you think about it. And then all the clocks this season and the clocks yeah. going backwards. And, yeah. you know, so like it's got, the, I hope it's something more interesting than like, Harry Potter 3 where like we got to go back and not affect the timeline and right, right, see right. ourselves I hope it's just like something else that they got to do right but I really did love this season I felt like that last episode it's like it's a movie it's like two hours long it's like two and a half hours yeah and and like it just was so interesting to me how all the different storylines came together in the climax and like they're yeah. all they're like everything they're doing is kind of helping the other um, yeah. It's a lot of storylines. I can mm-hmm. see all of the flashcards now that like have everybody's oh, yeah. stories written on them and then like all be moved around so mm-hmm. that to see what order you're going to show it in. Um, but yeah, I really, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I, I felt like there were some things that I would have been fine without. I think the like uh, Hopper and uh, the mom off in Russia got a little tired for me. I mm. felt like it was fine that she had to go save Hopper. We knew that had to happen. But for her to like go to Alaska, then to get to Russia, like, go to Alaska, gets captured. Uh, Hopper escapes the prison, uh, escapes, gets captured, imprisoned again. Like <clears throat> there was yeah. so much back and forth of like, are they captured? Are they escaping? You know, uh, the mom and that dude. Uh, escape and then they get captured again like it just happens so yeah, yeah. much you got you kind of lose track and it's kind of like yeah I wanted to get back to the kids because that was more exciting and more yeah you know the characters that I loved I I love Winona Ryder in this show I love that she gets this job I love how she great is she is in it my favorite actress <laughs> she's amazing and she, she does such a I, good job I will say I do want her to be able to do more though in this yeah. show yeah. So like the most satisfying moment for me this season with her is when she electrocutes that demigorgon. Oh yeah. I was like more Yeah, that was great. I don't need more her to that. be I don't need her to be buffy, but no. like 
she can step up a little bit more. Well, she's always trying to find somebody. She's always worried about somebody. Like the whole first season is, where's Will? Where's Will? And then this whole last season was like, I, where's Hopper? Is he even alive? Well, and it's just her being tormented. Right. The previous season heavily involved her being... These people, these new neighbors just walked by my office like, what the F is that room? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Um, But uh, it heavily involved her basically being just as good of a detective as Hopper. Right. So I was like, ooh, they need to lean into this. Especially if he's not going to be around much anymore. She needs to. So if if she could have been the one driving the story with Mm -hmm. like, you know, here's what we need to do. Here's how we got it. And instead of like, well, what do we do now? You're the one with the gun. Right, right. You're have the one that knows have, karate. Have her like put it together. Have her yeah. do the detective work. Totally. And so I'm hoping that next season she can be the one kind of putting things together. Yeah. And um, I just, I mean, if I, I don't know, if I were her, I'd be like, because now essentially Elle is like her daughter right. and Will is her son. I would be like, give me five minutes alone with Vecna. I'm going to fuck him up for doing totally. what he's done to my kids. You right, know what I mean? right, right. So like, I want her to be more involved that way, but um, but yeah, I I I don't know. I love her. The the story arcs of so many of the characters have been so satisfying, and one of my favorites is Nancy because if you look mm-hmm. back at the first season, she's so annoying and meek, and this pretty little prissy girl who's, yeah. who's like not that strong. And then as the seasons progress, we get to season four, and she is like badass with her shotgun and just like the one to like go up and just shoot back them yeah, like in she his was, fucking head she was giving sigourney weaver in that moment Big time. awesome that is yeah. that is a character arc i really i've rewatched that, that scene many times because yeah. she's so awesome in it she's so um, awesome in it but i will say that like i i think you're i can't even talk right now you are right because it's satisfying in my opinion, because she has a greatly written proje- like character progression. Mm-hmm. At the end of season one, I remember that like Jonathan has a gun and he's like fumbling with it and she's like, just give it to me. Yeah, yeah. And she kind of learns how to use it and knows how mm-hmm. to use it. Yeah. And that care has carried through all the way up until this season. Yeah. And so I really like that about her character. Um, me too. Yeah. I, did you know that they were going to just kill off Max? Really? Yeah, oh, they were just going to like kill so her off shitty. and decided like kind of last minute not to. Uh, I know. I I'm like so sad. I'd be like, you best not be a redhead in this universe. Oh my god, <laughs> a redheaded woman because you're going down. You go, you get taken. But like, um, it, to me, I would, I would have been really mad. I probably would have been like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to watch anymore. Right. Um, just because, and not just because she had. Well, I did find her scene, her big scene this season where she's like running away from Vecna. Um, I found it to be very emotional because of the like, you know, underlying themes of like, no, you can't give up. You like, you know, you got to live for something. You got to keep pushing and keep fighting and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really emotional and really well done. And I think that when so much of the season they were pushing this idea that like Vecna consumes you and takes your, you know, your energy and whatever into you, for Elle to go into her mind at the end and not see anything, mm-hmm. to me says that. Vecna has her soul and they have to go get it from mm-hmm. him. So like because she's still breathing, right, but there's right. nothing in her in her going on in her head. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was a lot of like, you know, because they take Elle back into the whatever, the like lab to like bring back her powers. And the way that they do that I piggybacked they... here in a pizza dough freezer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God. But the way they did that, like when Papa is in charge is like they make her relive all of her traumatic events to like learn how to be powerful again yeah which is also how people are beating Vecna it's like he takes your worst memories and throws it in your face and says look at how terrible you are and like the strong people are able to like fight that back and there is some like shadow work uh allegories there that are like if you can face your dark sides you can triumph and I I I do love that that the show has that message yeah I I will be honest when <laughs> when L clocks that girl in the face with the skate. Yeah. Oh my god. I was like, she deserved it. <laughs> oh god. So I'm rewatching all of season four with Michael. I finished. It oh all yeah, you told it. me you were like started started at the beginning. Yeah, he had never seen any of Stranger Things, and he was wow. like, shut up about it. So we started at the beginning, which is very satisfying to do to watch season one. Season one is so good, 
such mm-hmm. a, such a good standalone show. If it ended there, it would have been a fantastic show. Um, but uh, yeah, when we got to that skateboarding scene, he was like, "Oh, he needs to fuck her up. Like you kill her. <laughs> like and like she deserved it. She was the worst." I'm interested in what your opinion would be about this then, because going back to season one, especially after seeing season four. Mm-hmm. my thought my takeaway was can we give will a little bit more credit that as 11 12 year old he survived a week a week in, in the there. upside down a week yeah like if i had to write a spec script i probably would have written one about him in right. the upside down finding totally. barb and before and then she gets killed whatever right, but right like right. you know that would have been how he really hides cool. yeah, yeah how he shows eats. her shows her how to hide and we're both going to get out of her together and they go back to the pool to try to go through the gate and then she that's when she gets murdered oh my god that'd be great <laughs> uh, but um but yeah, like, I just think that's crazy that he survived a week there and he's never really, I think after that, has he ever really gone into the upside down? No, um, he'll like, he'll like snap into it sometimes and like get visions, but then he's like back. I want them to, him to be able to use this then. Like he, yeah. he should he know knows how to survive better there. than anyone. Totally. Um, I do yeah. wish that there was a moment back to that uh, bratty popular girl. I wish there was some moment where Elle was back at Hawkins and like, saw her again and could use her oh but that's southern her. california oh right right so she'll never yeah. see her again no damn it although unless the show the entire show ends that way with her looking at the girl like i know um <laughs> but uh i i don't know why i mean i do know why because i was tortured by jocks but i thought it was so satisfying when the like that cavern thing opened up right through that <laughs> oh god oh i loved it yeah. oh and like I'm watching it with Michael now and he's just like, I hate that guy. Like I just oh, yeah. don't even want him in this show My anymore. My favorite line this whole season is when Erica gets free of the guy that's like mm-hmm. on top of her. And I think she clocks him with like the flashlight mm-hmm. and she, she says, crit hit. And she like clocks him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was so good. Yeah, I love her character. And she could have easily been a poorly written little sister character. Oh, for sure. They made her so useful. And I so love useful. that. I love that um, too. There was one other thing. Oh, <laughs> I tweeted this thing that was like, um, I'm pretty sure that like the only reason Will has a crush on Mike <laughs> is because he wasn't in Hawkins long enough to meet Eddie Munson. <laughs> For real. Because that was like an older guy who's like running the D&D club. He's like, probably would have probably thought he was super cool. And you yeah, know, like he probably would have had a crush oh, on him. But like, I, his crush on Mike, I'm just like, stop. I don't like, get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, I mean, it's fine. But no, I feel I like think, he, would, he would have had a crush on someone else. Yeah. I think that there's this... Um, this hint that a lot of people are missing and maybe it's not anything but at the end of the season it shows argyle like looking at mushrooms on the ground who's argyle he's the long-haired like mexican hippie freak guy oh, that gosh. like does the yeah, pizza yeah, yeah. stuff uh-huh. um oh, we haven't even talked about eden my new favorite character oh yeah. <laughs> we'll get there um but he's looking at mushrooms and i think they kind of just look at him like oh ha ha funny argyle but when so much of the upside down is about this, like, don't step on a vine because it's all connected and then like we feel it. it's like, there's so much written now about mushrooms and how they're all connected to this like network and this mycelium yeah. or whatever. So I feel like it, maybe that's, if they can learn how to use that in the real world, totally. like that's the way to like sort of combat things too. Or like find so, someone who's an expert about mushrooms and how to like affect a go. whole hive mind of mushrooms. And yeah. Do that upside down. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I was... I was in my feelings when um, they got to Susie, mm-hmm. the Mormon girl, right? Yeah. And she's like, she says something like, well, I was dating Dustin and my dad was mad that I was dating an agnostic and mm-hmm. blah, blah, whatever. And I was just like, Ugh, nobody can ever do Mormons right in the TV show. Because <laughs> I tweeted like, I was like, so just so you know, Stranger Things, Mormons don't can't date until they're like 16. And even then it's all group dates. And she wouldn't say dating an agnostic. She would say dating a non-member. And then yeah. I was like, I say that, but I'm also fully well aware that in the 80s, my Mormon sisters were definitely this girl. And then it was a picture of her older sister, who's the one that looks like Ali Sheedy from Breakfast Club. Yes. And she's like, get your ass out here. I'm not watching all these kids. And she's like a pothead. Yeah. I love that character. I wish she, I, I wish that one of the main characters in the show would have her aesthetic and be, and be like totally. her. Totally. You know? Yeah, that is missing for sure. Yeah. 
Um, because because clearly, um, I don't remember her name, but Robin's love interest, the girl that she likes. Oh, the dorky girl, the, yeah. Yeah, she's like um, got this like Molly Ringwald mm-hmm. and um, I don't remember her name. She's in some kind of wonderful. Mary Louise, Mary Stuart Masterson. Mary Stuart like Masterson. Yeah. yeah, so she's got this vibe of them. So they're mm-hmm. clearly picking like, you know, kind of icons yeah. from yeah. The, the the decade. And yeah, I'm glad that at least an Ali Sheedy kind of character was in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. That's funny. So I, and I didn't even pick it up until you told me that that family was supposed to be Mormon. I thought it was like a foster home because it's just all these no, kids running around everywhere. So, do you remember how she makes Dustin sing Never Ending Story yeah. like in the previous season? So he says when he comes back from camp that he, he was dating her, but that she's Mormon and she lives in Utah. So yeah, they have a shitload of kids because they're Mormon. So it, it's a, like um, it's not like a Mormon foster home though. It no, just seemed like just, the kids are like because there was like she walked they walked in they're like is Susie here and they were like who and I was like do they even know each other? I knew a Mormon family with like nine kids. Okay, I'm, okay. My mom's more a Mormon and her family had like nine kids in it. That's wild. Yeah. So anyway, well I love that mm-hmm. and you know I do I do love the girl who plays Robin Ethan Hawke and. Uma Thurman's daughter. Oh, Maya Hawk. Yeah, she's so Maya good. She's so good. She and sounds and looks just like her mom. Just like her mom. And it's so adorable. Yeah. Um, and Sadie Sink, who played Max, is like, I, I can't wait to see her in more stuff. I feel like she's going to yeah. be everywhere. Um, yeah, she's, she'll, ha- she'll have an entire career now. And apparently she's Taylor Swift's muse, so. What? Well, yeah, she has that title as like Taylor Swift's like obsessed with her and everything she's in. And then when when Taylor did her like 10 minute version of All Too Well, she did a 10 minute music video and it had Sadie Sink like play her. Oh, okay. So she like, but she's like a real big fan of hers. Um, So I didn't know this until somewhat recently, but I guess Sadie Sink and um, the guy, the kids that played Dustin and Lucas, they all knew Mm -hmm. each other prior to this because they were all Broadway kids. Yeah, there's there's like footage of Sadie being like Annie. Annie, yeah. Yeah, and, and then yeah. Lucas was like in The Lion King and Caleb was in Les Miserables, yes. or not Caleb, uh, Dustin character was in Les Miserables. Totally. And uh, Sadie was in the Fear Street 1999 or something. That she like R.L. Stein. Yeah, she was in one of them. Oh. She was I'll like, have to rewatch them. I don't remember. I did watch them all. Yeah, I just watched them recently and I was like, oh, it's a Stranger Things girl. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It, this has been a really, I mean, that season has been a huge pop culture moment. And like, of course, Kate Bush just completely took off. And like, I started listening to that song more just because it was stuck in my head. And Michael has always loved Kate Bush. So he was like, why? Why am I hearing this song all the time? Um, and he doesn't was, know yet? No, he does now. But like, okay. at the time when I was watching that, I watched the season like right away. So I just yeah. was suddenly really into that song again. But um. And Kate Bush has just made millions, so. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Paper Girls yet? No, I have it on my list to watch. I saw the first episode, and I liked it. You liked it? Yeah. Um, and I went back and, like, reread the first trade, and a lot of it's really faithful. It's just, you know, yeah. for TV, they sometimes they kind of just, like, took some events and, like, restructured them, whatever, which sure. fine. So Paper Girls was a comic book that just got turned into a TV show on uh, It's on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah, and it takes place in the 80s, kind of has a Stranger Things vibe, and it's about four girls who are paper, basically paper boys Yeah. Um, in a neighborhood, and it takes place the day after Halloween, so like at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and some weird stuff starts happening as they're delivering papers. Don't it's, say, it's cool. uh, this probably ruins the idea, but like the four, it's like four girls from the 80s that like time travel to like present day now, like 2022 yeah sort of okay 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 but it's along Um, those lines i just remember reading the first trade and it's you know it takes place in the 80s and then one of them finds like an ipod right and they're like what is this and they're like i don't know there's like an apple on it yeah like you know and i was just like this is crazy what's going on yeah so yeah yeah, it's got that kind of vibe of like wait what's happening here um but yeah i like i liked it i i can't wait to watch more yeah. Fun. So, so if you need stuff. something kind of like Stranger Things, I guess, in the 80s and whatever. I just show. saw a TikTok where this girl was like, oh, yeah, so like that happened like 30 years ago. She's like, oh, cool, in the 70s? She's like, no. No. 90s. Uh, I hate I it. like, oh, 
my god oh if like you're selling alcohol or you're a bartender you just if they if you see that they were oh. born in 19 anything right you know I, they're of age okay so i don't know why the girl at the grocery store i was buying wine for my husband i don't know why she like even asked me if i was over 21 because look at me <laughs> but she was like are you over 21 and i just looked at her and i was like i was born in the 1900s I, yeah we can <laughs> like, say that now yeah we were born in the 1900s and then mm-hmm. that is like that's like half of the world now wasn't. oh I also saw this thing going around where this guy said hey if you want to feel real chill or whatever you should find someone um date someone like born in the 90s because they're just all tired and they just want to like hang out and do nothing and yeah. someone was like are, are you serious like what do you I was born in the 80s what do you call someone born in the 80s and the guy said oh you mean the ancestors <laughs> I was like, holy, sh-. I was almost born in the 70s. Yeah, I was born in 82. <gasps> it is funny because a lot of 80s references and 80s songs and whatever pop culture from the 80s is so popular now and has been for a while. But like things were like, people love to like, you know, listen to this old song. And I'm like, I literally remember when oh, yeah. that song was like a new single. Like I remember... Bruce Springsteen being oh, like kind of a new thing. There's a song I, I get so mad because there's a song out right now that that samples the um and I'm like I'm waiting to hear Mariah start singing and then I'm like wait what is this? I know. <laughs> and even Mariah sampled that from like another song that sampled right. it from another song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It's Ugh. crazy. It's it's you know like fashion and music and aesthetics it's all cyclical mm-hmm. and I remember reading this thing that was so interesting to me about how like if you think about it um think of it in terms of like in the 60s like everything was big the hair was big the poodle skirts were big right and then in the 70s people were tired of it so like everything was stick straight the hair yeah, like God. went super stick straight everybody wore like bell bottoms and you know and then people were sick of that so in the 80s big hair two two skirts mm-hmm. and it just like you know, the 80s emulated the 60s. And then the, think about how much the 90s emulated the 70s in its looks, yeah. you know? Um, so it's just really weird that now everything from like the 90s, I think is kind of like hip and yeah, again. Yeah, trying to bring it back. Yeah. Oh, well, well, good luck. Have fun with that trend. We, we I've put my time in with the yeah. Jinko jeans and the, you know, Scott, rave Scott clothes. Have Scott fun. Have fun. a pair of Jinko jeans. You what? what? Scott bought a pair of Jinko jeans recently. Yes, <laughs> to wear like around the house, I guess. They are hilarious, and I was—it's so funny because he's making fun of me because, like, okay, I, I feel a little more comfortable doing it since it is quote unquote more in now. But like, I basically part my hair in the middle now, which I refuse to do <laughs> for decades. But I do it because I—I I literally have to force a part in my hair on the side yeah. and then like comb it this way mm-hmm. so that it will do that. When, if I just wash my hair and like brush it back, it naturally wants to do. Mine wants you know, to do part, that too. Yeah. On the side or in the mm-hmm. middle. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, you know what? I just spend so much time at home now, like forget it. Yeah. And so I just like let my hair, you know, and, you know, part in the middle. And he's like, what what are you doing? Like trying to look like it's like the nineties. And I'm like, listen, Jinko jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I love them though. It's great. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. I guess you're only as old as you feel. And exactly. I, I do feel, not feel 40. I mean, I feel mentally, 42. Yeah. I, mentally, I don't feel 41. Like in terms of the things I like, the things I want to do, the things, whatever. But my back and my hips, <laughs> they tell they don't me otherwise. Lie. Yep. They no. tell me otherwise. So. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, on that note, guys, <laughs> it's time to go to bed because it's eight o'clock. Just That's kidding. Right. I'm not my partner. He goes to bed at eight and he's only 32. Wait, literally I'm eight? Literally eight. Well, sometimes 830. Is it because he gets up early or? No, he just likes to sleep. Oh, really? He just likes to sleep. So this yeah. is so crazy because like, so I will usually go to bed at like 1030. Yeah. But that means that I'm really upstairs in bed. And I put on my like gay tie boy love dramas. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch those for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Or an hour and fall asleep. But Scott stays up really late. I stay and, up till midnight. Oh, no, he, no. I'm talking like two or three sometimes. Ooh, okay. And I get up at like 5.30 or 6 every day now. Wow. I Without even like setting an alarm. Yeah. That's wild. And, you know, the dog kind of helps with that a little bit and whatever. But 
I guess like, you know, by 7.30, I'm like, I guess I'll start working. Right. But I would rather do that and then have an evening where I can sit on the couch and watch TV and rest because I'm like, I've been working for too many hours. Then wake up at like noon. Yeah. And then work, you know, till eight. I can't do that. I I love my me time. And the only me time I get is from like nine to midnight. And I play video games and then I switch to watching Below Deck. That's great. Or whatever show I'm watching at the time. Yeah, we just need our own time. We need our own time. Before we go real quick, let's do a little Give Me More segment. Give me more. So, Miss Britney Spears. What's going on? Uh, well, her book is done. Her <laughs> her memoir. Like, her, is it? So, okay, answer me this then. Is it a memoir of, like, her whole life? Or is it, like, a memoir of her time under her conservatorship or both? We have no idea. Uh, nobody knows? We, we know nothing about it. it we what, know no- I, and we don't even know what it's called? No, we don't have a title. I hope I hope it's called like toxic or more <laughs> or whatever. You know? Uh yeah, totally. Uh from the bottom of my broken heart. I don't know. One um, more time. <laughs> so it is done officially. I don't know how she wrote a book while she, you know, got married and um got pregnant, lost it. She, there's been a lot going on in her life. But um it's done. But apparently it is being delayed uh because there's a paper shortage happening in the world where they're having, they're too afraid of how many copies that are gonna sell, that they wanna wait until they feel like they have a sufficient amount of paper. But apparently the deal that she had was on par with the Bill Clinton deal. Uh, so it was 15 million and his sold like hotcakes forever. So they're, they're, they're picturing it to go along the same lines of being that popular, which I'm like, uh, just release a digital copy, how about like, can we, yeah like what if it's just an ebook for now i i want to read it so bad but uh I, it's a really funny reason for it to be delayed a paper shortage there's not enough paper. Well, that's because they expect so many copies to sell she, yeah britney said what bible i know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> i'm gonna have the hottest selling book of all time exactly yeah it's gonna be on everyone's coffee table um funny so yeah there's that and i think that's it i think that's the biggest news about britney lately is that her book is done she is doing a lot of traveling. She like posted some videos being at a bar, being like, this is the first bar I've been to. And there's there's like a friend that is with her a lot. And I'm super curious who this girl is. It's some blonde girl who's like always with her, hanging out, traveling with her. Must be her assistant, but it's not her old assistant. I'm really wondering if she's ever gonna get back in touch with her previous assistant um, who's been with her oh, yeah. forever. Um, well, if she does, we'll let you know on a Gimme More we'll segment. We'll let you know on a Gimme More segment. That's all for this segment of Gimme More. Well, I hope you've enjoyed your own time listening to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> all right. All right, we'll see you Take next care. time. Bye. Bye. Oh, I have to do so bad.